0: Hey there and thanks for joining us today at i80sports. Today we're going over some news and notes from the MLS week that was. We're going to touch on a few things that stood out in this crazy MLS season and we're going to make predictions for the week coming up. I'm Bob, that's Alex, and you're watching i80sports. We are back. We're talking about MLS soccer today. And for me, the biggest story, Alfonso Davies, an MLS product, an MLS youth player, goes overseas, wins a Champions League final, playing for Bayern, not on the bench, not as a sub, starting player, integral part of that team.
1: Got a great move by Bayern scouting him. They picked him up for $10 million. Now he's already many he think the best left back in the world. Uh, you know, part of the deal they made, Bayern made with Vancouver and MLS, is they win the Champions League. They had a $1 million bonus, which also helps the league in Vancouver. Uh, you know, right now his value is $60, $70, $80 million. I mean, that's just that's Bayern Munich being Bayern Munich. They're tremendous at buying talent at a low price and increasing the value. See teams around the world spending 800 $900 million on players. Bayern's about $160 million. That's why they're the best team in the world right now. That's why they won the Champions League. And it's great for MLS to see. Like Now great, people great know MLS's MLS is development league. Yes. They're a selling league, and that's great.
0: People are going to argue about that, but if you're not one of the top seven clubs in the world, you're a selling team. So right now, the fact that MLS is is going and they're getting this stage with players like this, like players with Tyler Adams, um, with future stars, this is a huge move for the development of MLS. A huge move for MLS soccer. I think uh, Alfonso Davis is going to kind of go down as as one of the guys. Now, uh, When we're talking about young. U.S. players, there is another player who's making headlines specifically today with an article coming out on SBI soccer. That is Weston McKinney uh, being rumored to going out on loan with Juventus. Deal could be worth $3.5 million with an option to buy for $21 million. Um, he was linked to England too, but this seems to be the most credible rumor thus far. And with uh, you know a salary trim coming for most of these Italian teams, you have Pirlo taking over the helm, uh, replacing Sari. There's a good chance if Wes McKinney goes to Juventus, he will start in this midfield for Juventus. And who would you want to coach your box-to-box midfielder than Andrea Pirlo?
1: Hmm. I, if you're getting an American that could go into Serie A and start, especially for a heavyweight team like Juventus, that's always in. Their goal is Champions League first, Syria, A, they win it anyway.
0: Now, this week was rivalry week, so there were a lot of... Big games, a lot of upsets that we have to talk about. Let's go over just a few of those games, the ones that we found a little more interesting. And I want to start with the 2-0 defeat of LAFC by their oldest rival. This is the El Trafico. And Galaxy really put it on LAFC in this loss. The, the, the cardboard cutouts barely had time to make it to their seats before uh, Zubak banged in a header, which was a special cross from Araujo. More of a redirection than a shot in and of itself, but it found the back of the net. 26 minutes in LA galaxy takes a one in the lead.
1: I don't know what LAFC is marking. in that game was just non-existent. If you saw that highlight, there was five guys in the box that could have had that ball in unmarked. I mean, uh, Bob Bradley's got, it had to be furious in the game. I mean, the big story here we haven't mentioned is the injury to Carlos Vela at the MCL. He went down just on running play. You can see this highlight and kick the ball. No one fouled him. I understand it could be anywhere from three to eight weeks. Uh, rehab and that is a big loss to the league MVP I know LAFC can score but they, they right now they can't they're giving up goals like crazy and without the, your num- without the MVP up front and you're giving up goals they have some problems
0: just a minute before that injury happened Arajo again on across this time it was a low cross about waist high it was a bouncer legit redirected into the back of the net to make it 2-0 then Carlos Vela goes down and this game is essentially over
1: now, again, the goal legit wide open in the box. No marking. Again, LAFC in the back. I don't know what they're doing. You can see Bob Riley. I uh, saw Lales was talking. talking He had that vein sticking out of his head, how angry he was. Uh, <laughs> when you see that vein in the forehead on a ball guy, you know it's serious business. There's a problem, man. There's a major problem in LFC. Again, yeah. LAFC, you saw in the in the tournament without Carlswella. They can score. Riley Phillips, I'm expecting to get some more minutes now. But, you know, Diego Rossi's been great, but in the, if they can't, Stop anybody. If they don't mark anybody, they're not going to go
0: for It's a touch of uh, uh, underestimation for me. At the you know that first that last time LFC and LA actually played was six two or something like that. Um, the yeah, LA no Galaxy Chicharito. wasn't going to let no- it happen. And for me, yeah. the better coach was Guillermo Shulotto. um In this, he never took his foot off the gas. He made three subs late in the game. They were Jonathan Dos Santos, Efrain Alvarez, and Sasha Kleschen. So he got two uh, two attackers and one one defensive midfielder. Um, this is a, an offensive approach. You see a lot of players at that time. They're going to sub in their center back. Some coaches get some extra defense on the field. That was never a thought for Guillaume Archaloto. He's like, we got him down. Let's, let's put our foot on their neck and make sure that we, we walk away with a win here. I like the aggression. I like the coaching. And uh, I feel if they did play that approach and, and came back for 30 minutes, LAFC is going to beat you.
1: Yeah, and remember, no Chicharito and Dos Santos didn't start. And they still they, they were the better team this game. They really were. Like, like we just mentioned. LAFC has some defensive problems. They got to short it up if they're gonna have any kind of success this year.
0: Absolutely good stuff there. Seattle played Portland and came away with a 3 0 win. This is kind of a redemption, I guess, for the MLS Cup winner after uh Take taking it from Portland. Portland obviously was the MLS is back winner, but Seattle rightfully took their spot back on top of the West for me. In um, a game that, in fairness, was maybe closer than the scoreline shows. It was 3-0, but uh, two of those games were kind of in in garbage time once the game was already locked up. Alex, you uh, had a player of the game here.
1: Uh, Rui Diaz again. What a what a he's just what a sniper in a big time in a big spot. This guy can score. You know five4 140 pounds it doesn't matter he was great in this game uh, and Stefan Fry made a big save on Sebastian Blanco the game was two nothing that would have changed the game if that went in that would have cut it to two1 once he made that save Portland wasn't going to come back in the game and, uh, Seattle made a statement in his game they're saying they're gonna still they're going for the cup they' people were writing them off because they're a poor MLS's back attorney should not write them off that kind of firepower Seattle you know three zip that is got the league's got to take notice.
0: Seattle was up one zip until the uh, 82nd minute. Um, Real do it, Real, Raul. Ru, I can't talk today. Raul Ruiz Diaz uh, putting that banger in net. Um, another goal two minutes later was kind of you know gar- piling it on in garbage time. With heck, why not? Because you know uh, Portland can come in in a uh, rivalry pretty game.
1: Pretty. If you can get an extra one in there, you're going to get an extra one in there for your fans. And that's exactly what they did.
0: Another game that was all about getting extra ones in there. Houston beats uh, SKC by a score of five two. Tab-, <sighs> Ta- <sighs> Tab Ramos with his first regular season uh, win, yeah. win, first, win for yeah. Houston. Um, scoring was opened up by Albert Elise in the seventeenth minute on a questionably offsides tap in. Um, I know there was some uh, confusion. There was some calls for VAR, but the goal did stand. Uh, just 10 minutes later johnny russell one of my favorites tied it up um on what seemed like a mess dynamo defender tried to clear the ball over the net with his head instead hit the post russell never gave up on the ball walked it right right into the net on a uh, beautiful kind of not a bicycle what do you call it when it's a sideways bicycle kick diving kick
1: almost a bicycle kick we'll give him that it's
0: like a unicycle kick a tricycle kick you call it that
1: it was a great goal. It was a, whatever you want to call it, it was a great goal. But to me, Darwin Quintero, he uh, had two goals in the second half. He was dangerous in his game. The sport of Kansas City, I mean, Peter Vermes, usually they're very disciplined. They, they played the OLA defense. They were just letting him fly down the sidelines like crazy. Uh, Sermon was very good for Houston. You, you can see the smirk on Ramos's face. He, he said this has been building, building, building. One thing we know about Houston, even going back to last year, they can score. And you saw this game was a prime example of that. If you're not playing defense, these guys are hungry. They will score. Darwin Quintero looked like. He was, ter- he was tremendous in his game with two he goals. He looked like he
0: was ten years younger. Yeah, yeah um, he was
1: great. He was great. I,
0: mean, I think, I think the score line is a little deceptive because SKC did have that offensive fight all night long. Kinda scored to make it three two. So this was not good. a block game all the he way. Um In that sequence, it was again another one of those weird walk in situations where I think at the end of the the play, the the ball was in net, but also were six players. Um, but but Kinda did put it past the line um to give it three two but yeah the story of the game for me absolutely skc's back line they were just nowhere to be found um if you watch the highlights not even the goals just the highlights you'll see a lot of times where it's three players with one defender three players with zero was, defenders there were they like were breakaways left and right yeah. completely behind the defense the defense just out of position maybe they were trying to press too high up maybe they were tired hot I don't know, really, really bad defensive uh, performance by SKC in Houston is the team that's going to take advantage. When you hand them a goal, they're going to put them away.
1: Yeah, uh, like Gianluca Busio, the 18-year-old for Sporting Kansas City, you're seeing signs offensively starting to break out, but if you watch this game a couple times in the midfield, he needs some defensive errors that they really cost the team badly. He's got to work on his defense, but offensively, he's really coming to his own as somebody to look out for in the future.
0: Absolutely one of the youngest players in MLS history. Also, congrats to Matt Beasley. not one of the youngest players in MLS history, uh, but he had the most minutes played Ever. in the history yeah. of MLS um, and the Sporting KC franchise. So congrats, Matt Beasley. What a great career for the U.S. men's team for the um, MLS history. and Sporting
1: so. Kansas City is he's an he's a icon in Sporting Kansas City. It looks like his career is slowly coming to an end. He's getting a little bit older, but a great career.
0: The last game I really want to talk about is Miami versus Orlando. Miami walking away 3-2 in winning the first game played in their new stadium. It was a stadium opening, not the kind of stadium opening they had imagined when uh, (laughs) the the team came into the league. But, you know, out of something from like a movie sequence, they get their first MLS win in their home opener. Miami takes on uh, the Cinderella story from MLS is back in Orlando and walks away with a win.
1: Yeah, 3-2. Julio Carranza had two, and Pizarro had one, and he had one of the best celebrations I've seen since we back. He ran into the stands and went to a cardboard <laughs> took, cutout. Took a selfie. It took it took it a, a selfie, which is, it was on ESPN. It was great. Does the league need stuff like that? That was great. And uh, if you were listening to the Inter-Miami broadcast, Ray Hudson is back in MLS announcing games, and that is a great thing. I, he is he, The way he calls a game, it just makes it so interesting to watch. I love the guy, and it was great to see. Uh, you know, Orlando came crashing down, and they shocked a lot of people. This is a rivalry game. I mean, they came back, but, you know, Daryl De- Dyke, I
0: forgot. I'm, for, I'm DK, I you. think it's I mean, DK. Yeah,
1: you. He was very good in his game. I mean, I, he didn't play much in the, in the bubble tournament, but I, he looked very good. It's another player to look out for. And Nani, again, is being Nani. He had a header in this game, 3-2. This should be a great rivalry for MLS and in the league going forward, going back and forth. And, you know, Inter Miami's first win on the year, good job.
0: Absolutely. In terms of shots and shots on target, this game was almost even, but Orlando had 88% passing completion and almost 65% percent possession. And that just shows that Orlando is just, they're, they're moving up there into the class of MLS. 88% of their passes. Come on. That, I. Ridiculous, ridiculous. It
1: was a great game. It was back and forth. It was, it was a great game, but, you know, Inter Miami was just that much better than that night.
0: Absolutely. Now we're going to move on and talk about the week that will be um, full slate of games going uh, starting, I guess, on Saturday this week. Um, and we're going to go over just give some quick previews. Let's uh, we're a little bit over time already. Let's make it quick. Uh, Orlando, uh, Atlanta versus Orlando.
1: Yeah, something's going on with Barco. Is, is he injured? He's not. He's on the 18. He's not. Nobody knows. But uh, I, I tell you, P.T. Martinez is back. He had two goals against Nashville, and he looked happy, smiling, running it's all over the field. It's almost
0: like the bane of his existence is no longer a part of that And you, you can see he's, he, was
1: tor- <laughs> he played more on the le- his natural left side, which is very dangerous And both his goals came from the left side. expect to see a lot more of that. Um, uh, to, to me, uh, I know Orlando's been Cinderella story, but I'm taking Atlanta 3-1 in this game.
0: I will take Atlanta. Same thing. Um, again, the, just the fact that Frank DeBoer is gone. Atlanta is playing Atlanta soccer again. When you go out and you get the South American player of the year, you don't make him change his style in the league. You're playing. You let him play the damn game. Just let, what him do what he, do
1: let him do what he wants. Let him do what he wants. He's that I'll good.
0: Take Atlanta with a win here. Philly versus DC. Um, I think we're both taking Philly here.
1: Yeah. I don't like DC at all. I keep saying Ben Olsen's days are numbered. Uh, Philly. You know, <laughs> We've been saying that for Detroit. a half decade. I, I don't understand how he still has a job, but over. that's me. I'm sure DC United fans would agree with me. Uh, I like Philly in this game. I don't like what's going on in DC. I know Ola Kamar is back for DC to have a score, but nah, I'm going Philly in one nothing.
0: Hell is real is back. It feels like they play each other every other week. Cincy versus Columbus. Columbus just has a great squad. I know since he has been hot, but it, you Not have to take
1: to last night.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, in a yeah. in a rivalry game, you take the team with a better squad, and it's got to be Columbus for me.
1: Yeah, Columbus should win two 0 I don't know what's going on with Zeller Ryan. I know I an ankle injury. They're a lot weaker without him. But Zard Nagby has been just great for Columbus. I I, I don't see you know Cincinnati can park the bus the only one try to hit you on a counter, but it ain't going to work against Columbus. Columbus is going to win this game two 0
0: Two teams with uh, broken. Parts New England versus RBNY. Uh, RBNY can't find the net, New England can't find anyone to connect that midfield to the attackers on their team. I got to take New England here, Bruce Arena, uh, uh, Armis versus Bruce Arena.
1: Yeah, I don't know if our arena is still suspended. I don't know, I think it was extended. I have no idea. I'm I'm dying to know what he said in the bubble tournament to be suspended all these games and be fined all that money. It, It can't be something pretty. But anyway, I don't. You know, we talked about this. Hill is alpha. You know, after they just beat DC United, Gustavo Bou is still Gustavo Bou. Red Bull historically never win in New England. I think they got one time in the last twenty something games, something ridiculous. It's going to continue. Red Bull can't score. I'm going to go with uh, New England in this game two nothing.
0: I think we will all take New England in that game. Um, FC Dallas versus Minnesota. Uh, again, this is a weird one. This is uh, a weird one.
1: Yeah, the kids in Dallas can't score. Until they start scoring, I have trouble picking them. I like Minnesota. I think they're an MLS Cup contender. You just got the Reynoso from Boca Juniors coming in, more firepower. Uh, let's go with Minnesota in this one, 2-1. to one.
0: Colorado versus Sporting KC and two teams that I think can put a lot of goals on net, but not keep many out of the net. I'm going to take Sporting KC just because they're that much more dynamic. Sporting KC, it seems like every time they step on the field, they can give up six goals or they can score six goals, and we can't really predict which one's going to happen. But we have to because that's part of the segment, so I'm going to take Sporting KC here. Hey,
1: I'm going to agree with you. I know Colorado just played Real Salt Lake and lost 4-1. to There were some highlight reel goals for Rail Salt Lake. Colorado can score, but sporting Kansas City just got embarrassed. Burmese isn't gonna let that happen again. They're gonna win this game
0: 3-2. And last but not least, certainly last but certainly not least, Seattle versus LAFC. Um Novella, he has an MCL injury. You got the angry Bob Bradley, and you got Seattle coming off of of their redemption tour for after the elimination from MLS is back, taking on Portland this week and Good fashion, I think that this is going to be a great game, and I'm taking Seattle here.
1: Yeah, so am I. Until until I see LAFC can stop somebody from scoring, I, I'm I'm in trouble taking them. They're going to win games and shootouts, and this should be a shootout, But Seattle's loaded up front: Rui Diaz, Morris, Ladero. I'm taking Seattle three-two in a great game.
0: La, uh, last time of note they met was, uh, of course, October 29th of last year when Seattle uh, beat LAFC three-one to advance to. The MLS final, MLS Cup final. So I definitely uh, think there is a, a little understory here that that can go uh, and and kind of illuminate this game to the the national uh you know Sunday, last Sunday without football to get this it, game outside. To, sure. to me, it
1: always seems like Seattle Portland always plays on a Sunday. Going back MLS all the time. To me it almost seems like they're playing Sunday night. But hey, it's great. It's great to watch on TV. I'm totally cool with it.
0: Absolutely. Now, um, you did want to go over the, the standings I mean, we should, just yeah, quickly. We should start talking, we'll... we should,
1: we should start talking about the standings. One thing we didn't mention on one throughout, Toronto has not lost since last year. I don't know, it was 17 straight without a loss in a regular season. Nobody's talking about them. You really should. Uh, right now, they're the hottest team in MLS. So uh, right now, they're second in the East. Columbus is first. But I think probably play Cincinnati like four times. Maybe that's why. But, you know, Cincinnati's in first. Uh, Toronto's right there, one point behind. There's to me, they're the two best teams in the East, followed by yeah. Philadelphia, Montreal, Red Bull, Revolution all bunch between twelve and ten points. This year I think there's nine or ten playoff teams at East. So it's gonna be you know more than half the more than half the divisions gonna make the playoffs. So if yeah. you have
0: to pick the three teams that aren't making the playoffs, it's inter Miami, Nashville, and just enter a squad. Just just pick a group of guys, and throw them somebody, in.
1: Somebody somebody's gonna get a big injury, they're gonna suffer. That's what it's gonna be. Right now, as a Rebel fan, you see New York City FC is in last place in the East, and I really just wanted to say it on the air. So, it feels
0: Beautiful. Now, uh, Western Conference, again, uh, it's kind of a weird looking at it. SKC has got 15 points. They're in first place right now. And they
1: just lost 5-2. They, they just that's lost 5-2. Yeah.
0: Seattle, Minnesota tied at 11, Portland at 10, LAFC at 9. That, to me, is where the drop-off is. And then everyone, then the field, RSL, San Jose, Colorado, Houston, Vancouver, Dallas, and the Galaxy sitting at only five points. But did they write the ship? Who yeah. knows?
1: I, I think they did. Uh, LA, Galaxy, I'm going to go on a limb and say they'll not finish last in the West. I mean, that's, I think we all can agree to that. Listen, there's ML as a game. It seems like every day. Seven days in a row there's MLS. If you have yeah. a ESPN Plus, it's great to see. These standards are going to change like that. You know, we, We're all in phases. This is phase two. We have a phase three after this. season's going to go on to December. This is exciting stuff. Again, there's going to be a lot of playoff teams and people fighting for position. I don't know if home field advantage matters. If you have no fans, you notice know, already story Kansas City had some fans. I think Nashville may have some fans. Dallas had a few fans. I think Montreal had 250 fans last night.
0: The responsible uh, places in the world.
1: I mean, you know, I don't know how how that's going to work down the line. How's the COVID numbers go down? And will that help the home fans or not? You know, New York City's playing at Red Bull Arena, no fans. Uh, How is that a home field advantage? Someone could say that's to me, that's a neutral site game. But, you know, something to keep eye on going forward. Do you want to? I think teams are more going to be playing for seeding just to play a team, not to worry about who has home field advantage, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Now, the one thing I would say is if you're at home, you're like you're sleeping in your bed. And if not, you're wearing a mask in a hotel room. So I think, you know, the home field advantage may not matter on the field, but in the preparation of things leading up, that's still going to be a bigger impact than maybe we've seen in the past. You know, um, so anyway, we're done. Any final words, Alex?
1: There's it probably a game a night? watch ESPN plus Fox and ESPN and go up to there's a lot of high scoring it's very unpredictable that's what makes us very exciting and we'll be here to talk
0: about it each week great time to talk about sports guys thank you for joining us at i80 sports adios